are certain skills, critical skills, that you need, that we all need, not only to get ahead in our lives, but also to ensure a successful path forward for our children and for the survival of our constitutional republic. You're listening to All About Skills, where we discuss the eight critical skills you need to succeed and how CEOs, placement directors, executive recruiters, and career-minded individuals utilize them to propel themselves to a higher level of understanding and achievement. Get ready to learn, master, and excel with your host, Charlie Jett. Thank you, Anne. And hello, welcome to All About Skills. The purpose of the programs in this series is to talk about the kinds of skills that are essential to have in the 21st century. My name is Charlie Jett, and I'm coming to you from our studio high above the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in beautiful downtown Chicago. Now in this introductory program, I'm going to give you the background of the eight critical skills you need to succeed. We'll talk about what they are, where they're from, how they were derived, and why they're important. Then in each of the next eight weekly programs, we'll focus on in depth on one of the critical skills. Programs after that will include interviews from individuals with different perspectives, such individuals as placement directors of major colleges and universities, heads of human resources for large and small companies, career coaches, executive search professionals or headhunters, and leaders in the development of educational programs that actually teach these skills. So let's get started by talking about the difference between knowledge, abilities, and skills. Knowledge is the theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. For example, an employee might have knowledge about nuclear power. This doesn't mean that he or she knows how to operate a nuclear power plant. It means that he or she knows the model and has a grasp of nuclear physics. Abilities, on the other hand, are the qualities of being able to do something, something that is generally innate, physical or mental. I like to think of it as being able to pull your thumb down to touch your wrist, as an example. I can't do that. Maybe having the ability to do the splits. I can't do that either or having an innate talent to read music. I'm not bad at that. There's a fine line between skills and abilities. Many people say that the differentiator is whether the thing in question was learned or innate. I like to think of abilities as being innate. Skills are the proficiencies developed through training or experience, and that's what this podcast series is all about. Using the nuclear power model, the employee has demonstrated skills, perhaps, to do an actual startup of a nuclear power plant, operating it, or shutting it down. Skills are usually something that has been learned, so we can develop our skills through the transfer of knowledge. Now let me take you on a very brief journey to describe where these skills came from and how they were derived. That should give you some confidence that they are valid and not just something that was tossed on the wall to see if they'd stick. The journey began when I was in charge of recruiting MBA students for a very large management consulting company. We were looking for the best of the best, so we went to the top MBA graduate schools, Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, Northwestern, Chicago, Michigan, Columbia, etc. My job was to give talks to these MBA students, 
to rev them up about working for us and to tell them how they could get ahead in the corporate world. And it was all about skills. The strategy to get ahead was to build a meaningful skill set, a skill set or mosaic of skills that aimed toward what I called a first capstone position. Now, a cap first capstone position is that first job that an individual gets in a major corporation that's in charge of a, a major function like finance or marketing or something like that. It would be like a vice president of finance, a vice president of marketing. In a professional firm, it might be the first level partner, a partner in a law firm, a partner in a management consulting firm or an accounting firm. But it's the first job that you get. And the funny thing about these things is that if your aspirations are to climb above that, these first capstone positions are like a glass ceiling. You have to go through those before you can go any higher. Now to represent this strategy visually, I use the blackboard. At the top of the blackboard, I'd put the name of the capstone position. Let's use a vice president of finance. And at the bottom, I put career start. And over on the left going up would be time. So as time went from career start up to the capstone position, I showed the skills that were being learned by dots so that they would develop a series of dots that represented a, a mosaic of skills that led to that capstone position. And my pitch was that, well, you've developed these skills and you look like this, then you'll be qualified for a capstone position. Well, it was all, all very nice theoretically and, and, and visually it was okay, but it was a little bit confusing and that a very smart young woman at Stanford during the presentation raised her hand and asked a key question. She said, well, Mr. Jett, I understand it theoretically, but can you put some words to the dots? What do the dots mean? Well, that was a very, very good question. And I managed to answer the question, sort of. I felt like I was taking out my hat and cane and tap dancing shoes to do it, but I managed to get through the process. So on the way back to Chicago, I concluded from that experience that I would have to use words rather than dots in all future presentations. The problem was, where do I get the words? Well, during the flight back, I came up with about 30 capstone positions, and I stopped at 30 because we landed at O'Hare. And I was fortunate enough to have access to the executive search world, places where searches had been done for positions like that. So I dug into the archives and I pulled out about 30 searches that were done for each of the 30 capstones. I had about 900 position descriptions that was represented solid data, things that organization had actually paid money to find. It was great data. And at about 30 to $50,000 per search, which is what the companies paid, that meant that I had somewhere between $27 million and $45 million worth of data, not just some survey stuff. This was really, really, really good information. So I started to painstakingly build the mosaics. I started with a capstone position, and I looked at all 30 of the position descriptions, and I started listing the skills that would draw a nice picture in words of what one of these jobs looked like. But along the way, I noticed something very, very unusual, that there were some skills that were repeating over and over and over again, regardless of what capstone was involved. These were the common skills to all. 
These were things that a person had to have no matter what strategy they embarked upon based on the mosaic. Now my original intent was to develop clear mosaics for these capstone positions in words and not dots and perhaps write a book about it and put it in the college bookstores for students to refer to. But I couldn't get my mind off the skills that were common to everything and I called them the critical skills. And here they are. Now the first skill that stood out from all the rest was the communication skill. It's the ability to get ideas out of your head and into somebody else's head, or getting ideas out of their head and into your own, whether you read, write, listen, or speak. Curiously, it's independent of the quality of the information that you are transmitting or receiving. It can be total truth, or it can be complete nonsense. It makes no difference. It's your ability to actually transfer the ideas into someone else's head or get the ideas from them to your own. The second critical skill was the production skill. In the corporate world, it's referred to as make something happen. It's taking an idea from the idea stage to reality. It can be as simple as a group of high school freshmen wanting to have a float in the homecoming parade and then building it and seeing, seeing it being towed down the street during the parade. The third skill is the information skill. And not too long ago, the information skill was the ability to go and gather relevant information from whatever resource you might be able to find, libraries, etc., interviews, and so forth, to address particular issues, to form the basis of the facts that you need to address issues. Nowadays, the skill is more being able to take the information that you're flooded with from the internet and sort from that all the information that is necessary and relevant to the problem that you're, you're facing or the issues that you're going to be facing for analysis. So the information skill is really a sorting and testing for truth that kind of information you need to solve a problem. Now the fourth skill is one of analysis or as some people might call critical thinking. It's the ability to take facts, facts that are true and not alternative facts or whatever they're called, and draw from them findings. Findings being, what do these facts mean? What do they say to you? What does all this data mean? What can I learn from it? The findings are the things that you learn from the facts. And from the findings, based on the facts, you can draw your conclusions about certain issues and the problems you're trying to solve. And the conclusions are based on solid findings and solid facts. And then from the conclusions, based on the findings and the facts, you can draw recommendations or things that need to be done to solve the problem. This is the critical thinking process. Now the fifth skill is technology. And it's not the kind of skill that you would use to design a circuit board or manufacturing process or some chemical process. It's how to select the right kind of technology to solve a problem. A good example would be if you're going to do a financial analysis, you might choose a spreadsheet program like Microsoft Excel to do that analysis. 
Or if you're going to write a book, you might want to choose a word processing program like Microsoft Word or something like that. It's the ability to select the right kind of te technology to solve a problem. Now, the sixth skill is an interpersonal skill. It's the skill that enables you to convince others through your performance in a project or working with others as a member of a team that you have contributed value, that you work as a member of the team, that you're easy to get along with, that you contribute, and in the end, you justify your compensation. Uh, there is a very popular interpersonal skill now that is being widely considered in practice and so forth called emotional intelligence. And that's something that we'll talk about on a, on a subsequent pro podcast. Now the seventh skill is called time management. And it's all about setting priorities and managing your time. Think of it as going to work in the day with, you know, you have 10 things to do. Four are critical. You've got to figure out what four of those are, and you have to do the very best you can on those. And somehow you've just got to do as well as you can on the rest. Some people say you've just got to fake it on the rest. So that's time management. Now the eighth and last critical skill is something that was added on after the research was done, but it's certainly important. And it's because of the rapid change in technology from year to year. And it's called continuous education. And I always say a person is going to have to reinvent themselves every two or three years uh, to keep up with the changes in technology. So continuous education, no matter how you do it, is a critical skill. Now those are the eight critical skills, and they have a profound impact on you and on your children's chances for success in your careers. And they are critical for a constitutional republic to survive. You can read about these skills in my book, Wanted, Eight Critical Skills You Need to Succeed, which is available on Amazon.com. You can also read about them in various articles in my blog, criticalskillsblog.com. That's one word, criticalskillsblog.com. Now, we'll investigate each of these skills in much greater detail in subsequent podcasts. We'll discuss how these things are taught, how they are assessed or measured, and how the skills are applied in the real world. Now in episode number one, next week, we'll cover the communication skill. So in the meantime, give some thought to these eight critical skills. And again, they are communications, production, information, analysis, technology, interpersonal, time management, and continued education. So we'll see you in the next program next week. And until then, my name is Charlie Jett, and I thank you for joining me as we begin our journey that is all about skills. Thank you for listening to this episode of All About Skills. To learn more information about the critical skills, be sure to visit itsallaboutskills.com for access to resources like blogs, field studies, published books, and more about how to learn, how to use, and how to teach this important content. That's exclusively available on itsallaboutskills.com. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode so we can continue to help you learn, master, and excel by using critical skills right here on All About Skills.